Welcome, everyone. It's really good to see you here today. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we've been really considering just the amazing grace of God. We've been spending some time really just looking into that. And, and one thing we've seen is just the huge impact that God's grace has in our lives when we really connect to it. And uh, the first week that we covered this, we really saw that... Um, to really, to receive God's grace, you have to come to the place where you know you don't deserve it. And once you come to that place where you know you don't deserve it, it actually opens up the opportunity for you to really receive it. And when you approach Him, what He does is He extends His grace to you. And then last week, we looked, we looked a little further and we looked at, we saw how that our deep regrets, our deep regrets from the past or the past week, Though really they do not have to control us because it's really the reality of God's amazing grace that just allows us to turn around in the face of our regrets and face the future and move into the future with hope. And it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to not have to be controlled by your regrets. And, you know, when you come, when you come to know that you don't deserve God's grace and you really surrender to Him, <clears throat> we also looked at just how our identity changes. Our identity changes, and we really become his kids. We get adopted into his family, and we become his forever kids. And what we looked at is that what God does when you when you come to Christ is he grabs you by the hand, and he's never going to let go. And we, we talked a little bit about the, just the image of when you're a little kid and how when Daddy heals you by the hand, you can do anything. And that's really the image that God has for us is that... Uh, as we walk into the future that God really wants us to walk in, he wants to walk into life with us. The grace of God goes with us. He walks into the future and he really wants to give us a meaningful life to live. That's what he really desires. And he really wants us to uh, really make a difference in the world around us and the people that live around us. And so this week, we're going to be looking at how God has uniquely designed each one of us for the purpose that he has for us. And so last week, one of the verses we looked at was Ephesians 2.10 which just says, for we were, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So God has this laid out this course for us and it says he's created us for good works and he uses the word workmanship. So he says, for we are his workmanship. When you look that word, uh, workmanship, the Greek word is the word that we get the word poem from. Now, I don't know how many poets we have out here. Huh? Uh, I've actually written a few poems. That does not make me a poet. In fact, if you read them, you'd realize, yes, you're right, Jeep, you're not a poet. But one thing I've learned about poetry and poems is that they take time, they take a lot of thought and a lot of effort, and they're completely unique. They're really just the expression of the heart of the poet. And really, that's God says we are we are his workmanship. And, you know, we're not just an assembly line production uh, that people are coming out. We're not mass produced. We're actually a one of a kind original. Each one of us is a one of a kind original. <clears throat> I remember when, uh, remember when I was about nine or so, um, my dad's a contractor and he built our house. And we, uh, I grew up, we were building houses all the time. So my dad would do this in the evenings and on the weekends. And he just kind of over the course of about a year and a half or so, he built our house. And one thing I noticed is that my dad didn't just walk onto the floor and go, all right, what are we going to build? 
And they just started building stuff. And then after a while, they just, we had a house. That's not what happened. I remember watching my dad go down. He had a drafting table that he had in the corner of our living room. And he would sit down at the drafting table, and he actually decided what our house was going to look like. He, he began to think, like, what's the purpose of our house? He began to think, hey, how are we going to use it? You know, where do we want the kitchen? Where do we want the living room? How do we want the flow? And he, he actually drew it all out and designed it, and then he built it. And that's exactly, that's what architects do all the time. That's, that's what you do is you ask, what's the purpose for this building and what, what's it going to be used for? And one thing you realize when you connect to God's grace is that He looks at you just like that. You, you begin to realize that God has been much more involved in your life than you ever realized. In fact, before God created you, He sat down at the drafting table. And he thought about you. And he decided what role he had for you to play. And he planned how he wanted you to really serve him. And then he decided how he was going to wire you so you'd be just the kind of person that could really accomplish those things. God has really given a lot of thought and a lot of effort to each one of us here today. And each one of us are completely unique. In fact, David really shares this reality, King David, in uh, Psalm 139. He says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. You know, it says, you know, God at the very DNA level just put us together and designed us for who he wanted us to be. And then David goes on in Psalm 139. Verse 16, he says, Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's an amazing thought that God has planned everyone, every day of your life. You know, he, he, I think what, one thing that really means is that there's nothing that happens in your life that's not, that's not significant. God is really involved in your life. He has been from the very moment you were even started. And, you know, God has really planned that the things you're experiencing, the things you're taking in, are really to shape you over time to become more and more who he created you to be. And then there, there's, another, there's another big part of God's design for us. And that is not just individually. He doesn't, he doesn't just make us individuals. He actually he really wants us to be a part of a group of people who are actually working together and really using the different ways they're wired to really accomplish really what he has done. And you see that really in Paul, when Paul uh, in uh, Ephesians. I'd like to take a look at that. Uh, Paul talks, he says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. <clears throat> Paul, Paul uses the analogy of a, of a body for the church. You know what? He kind of, he, he makes a picture of like, we're, we're a body and we have many, many different members and the same, but we're just one person. In the same way, the church is made up of a bunch of different members with a lot of different functions, but yet they pull together their one body. They're really part of the church. And he says in this, in this passage, he says that he gifts and wires some people to really equip and encourage just the saints for the works of service. Now that's all of us. That's every one of us, is just really to be engaged in really what God's really accomplishing in the world. 
And God really wants us to engage in the ministry around us. And he wants each one of us just to really engage in the ministry where we're at, each of us really filling our unique spot, our unique spot. And so, you know, when each one of us are in our unique spot, each of us are in that spot where we're really, we're really wired for, what happens is there's a real synergy to our efforts. Uh, you get more... Uh, uh, synergy is basically the co- cooperation of two or more people where the effect of everyone together is much more than the sum of its parts. Stephen Covey kind of spoils it down to one plus one equals three. It's like, you know, you get, you put different people together and they work together, you get a much bigger effect than just one person by themselves. And so in Jim, Jim Collins, uh, the guy that wrote a book, many of you have probably heard of this book. It's called Good to Great. It's a business book. And when in that book, he, he, he's doing some research about, he starts, he asks a question, he does a lot of research, but the question he asks is, how do good companies become great companies? And in this book, he has an analogy of an organization being like a bus. And then in, in the bus, there's different seats in the bus that are different roles that people play. And uh, different places they play in the, in the organization. And as he did his research, one of the things that really came out of that, one of the, one of the things that really came out of his research is that he said companies that really break out, that really begin to really be very productive and effective, is they get the right people in the right seat on the bus. So they, they evaluate, like, the strengths of the folks they have for working for them, and they get them connected to actually the seat on the bus, the role in the organization that they're really wired for. And when they do that, things begin to just really rattle and hum. And, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think that Jim really just, dis- he discovered a real truth about reality that God has really woven in. And that that's exactly the way God operates and the way he's wired each of us is that there's things he really wants to accomplish and he specifically designed each one of us for the right seat that we're wired for to really be a part of what he's doing. So this morning, the the big question, the big question is, so how do you find out how you're wired and what seat on the bus is yours? How do you find that out? Um, this morning, I want to look at three things. I want to kind of break it down into three uh, different uh, areas. And that is really to find your place. To find your place, you really need to know who you are. You need to accept who you are. And you need to be who you are. You need to know who you are. You need to accept who you are. You need to be who you are. Um, very, very important things. I want to take those one at a time. Uh, the, first, the first thing is you, need to, you have to know who you are. And I wanted to, I want us to watch a, a movie clip here this morning. Uh, it's from a movie called Seabiscuit, which if you don't know anything about that, you think, what in the world kind of name is that? But uh, it's the name of a racehorse back in the Great Depression. And it was a horse that began winning a lot of races and began to really inspire a lot of people back in the Great Depression. But he's a, he was a horse that was kind of older, kind of banged up, mistreated. And uh, there's a trainer that gets involved in this horse and he ha- he sees real promise in him. And I'd like you to just watch this clip, and then we'll come back. Seems pretty fast. Yeah, in every direction. He's so beat up, it's hard to tell what he's like. 
I just can't help feeling they got him so screwed up running in a circle, he's forgotten what he was born to do. He just needs to learn how to be a horse again. Well, how do you do that? How far do you want me to take him? Charlie stops. Okay. That seems like a pretty good ride. Hope so. show a clip I want to go watch the movie after that no you know um, he said you know that that horse forgot what he was born to do he forgot how to be a horse um, you know uh, <clears throat> each of us were born to be exactly who we are and there's a truth I think is really captured in that story is that until you're free you can't discover who you are. Until you're free, you really can't discover who you are. Um, in fact, Paul Paul says something like this in Galatians uh, chapter 5. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, it's we're talking about God's grace, and it's in the complete freedom that comes from God's grace that enables us to venture out and discover really who he's made us to be. It's really that freedom. That freedom is, is one, is the key aspect of being able to be, uh, freed up to really venture out and try different things and really discover like who it is that God really made us to be. And then Paul says, don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. I think it's so easy to lose sight of the grace of God. It's so easy. Because we're just we're just wired to think performance. We're wired to think we got to perform well, and and really go and have that feeling that you have to earn something with God, and it's just not there. You have a complete freedom with Him. You know when we when we get when we begin to forget the grace of God, and I think we're kind of like Sea Biscuit. You know we get messed up, run around in circles, um, really forgetting who we were born to be. And so that's, that's, that's the fundamental aspect of how God's grace really enables us to really find ourselves is the freedom that he gives to discover that. And then in, in Galatians, just a couple of verses later, in Galatians 5.13, Paul says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love 
serve one another. You know, it's the freedom that we, it's in that freedom that we discover really how we're wired to love and serve one another. That's really, that's really where we discover that. And, you know, so, you know, how does God wire us? I, I, we don't, we don't have a lot of time to go through a lot of things about God's wiring, but I'd like to just throw out an, an acronym that, uh, Rick Warren put together. It's just, it's shape. It's S-H-A-P-E. And the S just stands for your spiritual gifts. You know, each one of us that have come to Christ, God gives us just a special ability that he gives us when we become believers. That's a big, that's a part of us. There's also our heart. H in the acronym is our heart. You know, think, what do you have a passion for? What are you really interested in? You can really kind of like, how did, how did God really wire me here? And then your abilities. A stands for the abilities. And that's just, you know, the natural talents that you were born with. Um, what are you naturally good at? What really comes natural as you, as you, as you, uh, have been growing up, you can kind of look at that. And also when you go to work, you start having all these different experiences, you start learning things there. And then your personality. P is your personality. You know, just, you know, uh, are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Where do you get your energy from? Are you a thinker? Are you a feeler? If you're really wondering right now and giving it thought, you're a thinker. Um, but there's different ways. There's just different, there's just different ways that we process the world and God has really wired our personality. And then E is our experiences. It's just, um, our experiences, the things that we've gone through have shaped us. And God intentionally is using the experiences that he's put into our life to really shape us to be who he wants us to be. Those are all different parts of the way God has wired us. So how do you discover? <clears throat> how do you discover how you're wired? Well, you know, what you want to do is you want to try. You want to try several things. In the freedom that God gives you, try. Just try different things. It's easy to think this. I don't know about you guys. might. It's like, well, when I discover my wiring, then I'm going to serve. But it's actually the other way around. You really, you have to serve, and then you begin to understand and discover your wiring and the way you're wired. And so you want to try many things. You know, there's there's things right here in the church that you that you could plug into and try and serve. There's uh, we are we got our uh, service teams. We also, you know, in your group life, the different group, the community group or the life group you're part of, you could plug in there in different ways and connect to people in different ways and try things and see how things really fit. And I would encourage you that as you do that, as you try things, to really pay attention to a few things, to really pay attention to the things you're good at, you know, the the things that give you a sense of satisfaction, the things where you feel like you're effective, you know, uh, what are the things you're good at? And then... Just pay attention to the things you enjoy. Pay attention to the things you enjoy. You know, they energize you. You're enthusiastic about them. Um, you know, take a, take a personality assessment. Uh, there's many out there. Uh, I remember when I, was a, when I was a kid growing up, I thought there were two kinds of people in the world, friendly and unfriendly. <laughs> uh, but then as I was in college and I got out of college, I took a personality test for the first time, and I began to realize there's a whole lot more going on in me and in other people than just being friendly or unfriendly. And uh, so just, uh, you know, take a personality assessment. And then look for things that other people call out in you. Um, you know, you uh, you might try something and you're like, I don't know if that really did much. I'm not sure what the effect that had. But other people begin to say, man, that was really helpful to me when you did that. That was really helpful to me. Just listen to what other people are calling out in you. And then reflect on your experiences and the lessons that you've learned along the way.
reflect back on those. You know, for me, just a, just a quick example. I remember one time uh, when I was 23, which was uh, many moons ago, I was still in college, and uh, I was working in the summer where my dad were doing. My dad had a heavy, uh, like a heavy earth moving project that we were going to do, and and so he where he's in the living room and he's looking. He has the drawings. He's looking through the drawings and he. He looks at me and he says, hey, do you know how to do, do you know how to do grade setting? And just so you know what that is, it's the surveying on a, on a project where you determine all the elevations of things, the slopes of things, where the slope breaks are. It's really like laying everything out so it gets built in the right place. And, and I said, no. He goes, well, you have two weeks. You better figure it out. <laughs> okay. Thanks, dad. Well, I became very motivated. So I began to, because I knew, I knew my dad, he meant it. And so I began looking through those drawings, and I came up with the Underwood method of grade setting. Now, I don't think they're going to teach that anywhere, but it worked. And one thing I also did is I had to go onto a project site, lay it out, and then I had to, I had to connect with the operators, the guys driving the bulldozers and the scrapers, and help them understand what it is I laid out, and just help them understand what it is, how we were going to go about this. And that was just, for me, that was a huge experience for me. And what I've noticed over time is God keeps putting these situations in my life, like especially at work, where there's a problem I've got to figure out and then try to help how to get your hands around it and then how to communicate to other people how to solve it. And so I, I think just helping things make sense, making sense of things and helping things make sense is part of the way God's wired me. Um, and I think that when I became a believer, I think that God may have, even maybe amplified that. That might be pointing one of my spiritual gifts is making things make sense. That's just part of my journey, and that's kind of what it kind of looks like with me. I've also, you guys may not know this, I've actually done a lot of things around the church. I used to be on the worship team, and as the shock goes across the crowd, no, um, I used to be on the worship team, and uh, you may notice I'm not anymore. Um, but, you know, I, uh, you know I, can, I can carry a tune, but uh, I can't carry it very far. So they... Uh, uh, no one, thankfully, you know, no one went, you know, Jeep, of all the people who are on the stage, uh, you're not one of them. Um, it was just one, it was just clear to me that, that I, that, I, that it just uh, was something I needed to step away from. Now, that's just kind of the way you try things out and you check them out and you see how they work. Now, as you, uh, as you get to know yourself, uh, over time, the next thing I want to talk about is you have to accept yourself. You have to accept who you are. Um, you know, Romans, Romans 12, 4 through 6, Paul said this. He said, uh, thanks. For just as one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so we, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have different gifts. God has different places for us really to work. In fact, he's designed you specifically to fit somewhere. And he's actually, he's, he knows really what's best for you. And so we just, we need, as we begin to understand ourselves, to gratefully accept who God's made us and just step into that role. Um, you know, don't try to reshape yourself into something you wish you were, but really just enjoy who God's created you to be. And a couple other things just to, to throw out there is, you know, as you get to know yourself, just realize that some things come out kind of quickly. And, you know, just kind of, oh, yeah, that. I think I'm good at that. Okay, that's me. 
And then some things come out over time. You know, sometimes there's, sometimes you have a gift or an ability that really needs to be trained. It really needs to be developed. And so it might be you have some real glimmers towards something, but you need to really work and really train in that area. Another thing to remember too is that this is a journey you're on. It's a journey you're on within the freedom of grace. It's a journey you're on and you're going to be discovering more and more about yourself as you live your whole life. You will continue to be learning and getting to know yourself over time. So just accept your, accept yourself and who God has really designed you to be. And then, uh, the next thing I want to just throw out there is you need to be who you are. You need to know who you are, accept who you are, and then step into that role and be who you are. Uh, Andy Stanley has a great quote that I just wanted to share with you this morning. He says that we need to celebrate what God has given others and leverage what God has given us. We need to celebrate what God has given others and we need to leverage what God has given us. You know, and leverage, what, what that means is just bring something and use it to the maximum advantage you can with it. It really leverage who we are and what God, how God has really designed us. In 1 Peter 4.10, I think Peter kind of captures a picture of this. Peter just says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When each one of us are serving one another and loving one another in the way that we're wired to do so, what happens is it really, it, it magnifies the grace of God among us. And it really extends the grace of God to other people. You know, he says, we're good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It's really, people begin to see who God really is and what he's really like. And I think when we do that, I think it really makes God smile. I think God just, I think it really warms his heart when we pull together that way. And I'd like us to watch a clip. For some, this is probably very familiar. For some, you may not even know this movie exists. I don't know. But there's a, there's a clip from the movie Chariots of Fire that I wanted to show you guys. And it's, it's about a, a man named Eric Little. And he was, uh, he felt called that he needed to be a minister, uh, minister, <laughs> missionary. That's what they call it. A missionary to China. And, but he also wanted to run in the Olympics. And his, um, his sister felt that he should skip the Olympics and just go right to the mission field. And she was really kind of upset that he wasn't going to do that. And so this is a moment in time when he's explaining to his sister his decision. I'd like to just watch that real quick. I've decided I'm going back to China. The missionary service have accepted me. Oh, Oh, so pleased. I've got a lot of running to do first. Jenny, Jenny, you've got to understand. I believe that God made me for a purpose, for China. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. To give it up would be to hold him in contempt. You were right. It's not just fun. To win is to honor him. Jenny. Jenny. 
That's a very famous quote. He says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. When we're, when we're really leveraging how God wired us, we're in that sweet spot where we feel God's pleasure and we know that we're right where we need to be. So just to wrap, to wrap up this morning, Paul, I'd like to look at something that Paul said. Paul paints a picture of really what this looks like. And this is in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Paul says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to give, if it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You know, uh, I think Paul's painting this picture and Paul's saying, imagine this. Imagine if the leaders lead and the teachers teach and the servants will serve and the people who really can give mercy to other people are really doing that. And the people who really have a way to encourage people, they're really encouraging other people. Imagine that. And that's what we here at Church in the Valley, that's what we really want. Is we want to, as a church, we want to grow and grow, grow to be more and more just like that. And so this morning, you know, for you, uh, maybe your next step and what we're talking about is just to work on just discovering who you are. As maybe some of those things we talked about today. Maybe this morning, uh, just learning to accept who you are. Maybe that, maybe that's where you're at today is maybe you've been feeling like, well, I'm not so sure. I like some of the things, but just to really own it and know that God cares about you. Maybe it's just to know you have the freedom to really be who you are. Um, and maybe for you today is just learning just to leverage your wiring for God's purposes and just really to be who you are. And maybe it's all three of those in conjunction as you just kind of work on life. So that could be a next step for you. Now, this morning... Uh, I want to do something a little different, and that is I'd like to talk to you about some of my next steps. Like as I listen to this talk, some of my next steps. And uh, so before the band comes back up, I'd like to share a few things with you guys this morning. You know, uh, over the past year and a half, as I've pastored this church, I have learned a whole lot. And, you know, one thing I've tried to do over time is try to clarify and set the direction of where we're headed and where God would really take this group of very unique people and what he'd really like to do with them. And I've also just been really trying just to help people find, find out where they're wired and how, and how they could really fit in and where their seat on the bus really is. And in the process of this, in the process of all that, I've really, uh, it's really brought a lot more clarity to myself as well. Um, you know, as I've, uh, if I've continued on the journey of discovery that God has me on in my life, one thing that I've been, one thing that I have discovered over the past several months is just that I'm, I'm really more wired for leading an aspect of the ministry in the church and not so much wired to lead the overall ministry of the church, to leave all that, lead all the aspects of it. And so this morning I wanted to take some time and I wanted to, I wanted to let each of you know that uh, in the near future, I'm going to be transitioning out of the, the pastor role here. Now, I'm not going anywhere at all. I'm, going to, I'm on the bus. In fact, I can't imagine a church that I want to be a part of more than this one. This, I all, what's going to be happening is 
in the near future, I'm going to be transitioning to just a different seat on the bus. And I wanted to let you guys, I really want to let you guys know that. And also, I know that's big news, and I do not take it lightly sharing this with you. But I also want to let you know a few things, and that is we're not going to be going in a different direction. You know, uh, we, we are uniquely who God has created us to be, and we are uniquely moving towards really helping people the way God has us, has us intended. Um, and I'm really excited about where we're headed as a church. And our next, our next leader will continue in the same direction that we're going now. And so there'll be no change in the, in the direction of the church. And I also, I also wanted to let you know that this is not a decision that I made lightly. It's not a decision that I made in haste. It's not a decision that I made, uh, in isolation. It's really been with a lot of input, a lot of just listening to God and just really trying to understand how He's really wired me. And so I wanted to let you know that we've begun, we've begun a, uh, our, a search for the next pastor. And we have a committee, a search committee that we put together. And it's essentially myself and the advisory team here at the church. So that's uh, Jeremy Walker, John Rickard, Mark Klepsig, and Neil Walker. And uh, I really appreciate all of those guys. And we are, we are working together on this. And so I just wanted to, to tell you that if there's any questions that you have, and I'm sure you do, just please feel free to talk to anyone on, that, on the committee. And uh, you can ask your questions to us. And I also, you know, this morning, uh, I just wanted to share one thing and a couple of things. And that is that, you know, as we look to the future, really the, the view of the pastor search committee is this. And that is that, that God is sovereign and he's completely in control. And that none of this takes him by surprise. And we trust him as we move into the future. Um, we really believe the future of this church is bright. In fact, I believe that with all my heart. In fact, I can't think of a better place and a place I want to be than this church. We, and as we move into the future, we're going to continue to trust God and really just see what God does and who he brings. And so it's been an, it's been an honor and a privilege to be your pastor. And again, I'm not, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving, but I just want to let you in on uh, in on this today is as I like as I've been speaking and as I've been talking tonight today, just been evaluating where it is I can be of the most impact and the most value to this organization and really what God how He's really wired me, and I want to step into that. In fact, it's kind of an exciting idea to me, and so I just wanted to, I just wanted to let you guys all know that, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, the band to go ahead and come back up and I'm gonna pray for us. And then uh, if you want to talk to me afterwards, you can come up and talk to me. Dear God, Father, uh, we're very grateful to you for your grace and that we have your freedom. We have your freedom, God, in our lives to really discover who we are. And, God, I just pray that, Father, we know you're sovereign and control. I just pray, Father, that uh, you know exactly what the next steps are. I pray that you would just just help us as we walk them. In Jesus' name, amen.